on Macquarie Radio NTS. This is What's Cooking with Nerida Conway, bringing you a tasty assortment of all things food and wine. Hello, hello, and welcome to What's Cooking on Macquarie Radio NTS. I'm Nerida Conway. On today's show, we're going to be chatting to Warren Turnbull from Cherburger in Sydney. Also, Chef Darren Robertson about all of his ventures, especially the new one in Byron Bay. Uh, we'll be chatting to Owen Scungio, who is the owner and chef at Sliders on Tyres, about his delicious sliders and his food truck. Also, Karina Francois, who's Australian naturopath and wellness expert, who's going to be thankfully talking to us about keeping our immune system high, coming into spring with all the allergens, and answering your curly questions with Chef Ian Curly. That's on What's Cooking. Guess who's coming to dinner with Nerida Conway. Hello and welcome to What's Cooking on Macquarie Radio NTS. I'm Nerida Conway and on the line all the way over in Sydney town is the one and only Warren Turnbull. How are you, Warren? Yeah, really well, thank you. Really That's well. good. So, Warren, you've got so many things on the go at the moment, namely, well... And to kick off, how, we, how can we ignore the, uh, the baby in the room? Congrats <laughs> on becoming a new daddy. Thanks so much. Yes, She's gorgeous. Loving of it. Yeah. Loving it. Not getting much sleep. No. But uh, love, loving it. Can't well, sleep's sleep. overrated, you know. Yeah, exactly. Sleep like, when you're dead. It's like doing 16, 17 hour shifts again, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like that and no sleep or whatever, so... I do find it quite amusing when, you know, chefs who haven't had a baby before sort of say, oh, you know, I'm a chef. I I mean, you know, no one works harder than a chef. And look at the hours. It's physically gruelling. The baby's going to be a walk in the park. And then this tiny little six-pound thing ruins them. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, I know. And you get the smallest little smile and you think, oh, it's all good. Yes. (laughs) That's right. So how's Cherburger going? Really good, yeah, yeah, it's been good. Um, we actually opened up in Melbourne the other day. We saw, we saw uh, down in Richmond there yes. on Pond Street, um, which is going good. We haven't really launched yet because we're still waiting on our liquor licence. Mm-hmm. Um, but once that happens, we'll, we'll throw a big party, give away a whole lot of stuff and, awesome. um, and get amongst it. So, yeah, it's exciting, really exciting. That's great. And so um, for our listeners who don't know this, Warren had a beautiful, beautiful restaurant in Sydney, quite a few years ago now, wasn't it, really? Yeah, um, it's um, probably four, four years ago, at yeah. least, it's closed. Yeah, uh, called Asiet. And, um, yes, and so I think there's been a little bit of a hole in everyone's hearts <laughs> since the day you closed the doors. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so tell us what you're doing now. Yeah, well, we, it, yeah, like you say, you know, it's been four years and we, we had so many uh, regular clientele and, and stuff. And, and people used to... I am always tell me, you know, they'd love to, for me to do Asiet again. And as much as I love Asiet, I don't think I would really be wanting to uh, well, open huge, another restaurant yeah. like that again. Yeah, it's, it's very, a lot of very, homework, very especially time. now being a dad. Yeah. Um, very time but, um, So we've isn't decided it? to do a, a one night pop up uh, Asiet dinner um, October the 22nd. And. Um, a few of the, you know, the classic dishes that we did and just have a great night. Be awesome. That is awesome. Love it. Uh, mm. So tell me about the other component to the night, which is the charity uh, component. Yeah, so it's, um, I think it's four. We, we're going to throw in a few extra courses there. So it'll be six or seven courses, matching wines. Um, there's going to be music there. It'll just be a lot of fun. Are I've, you singing? Um, I've sort of rung around to a lot of the old chefs that spent time with us, some yeah. who've gone done great things, and 
and everyone's really excited and come on board. So I've got actually got about 16 or 17 chefs for the evening, That's which is fantastic. probably way too many, but we thought we might do a bit of a, a Noma service and bring the food out to the, to the guests themselves. And, you know, there's going to be lots of, um, you know, t- taking the mickey out of each other in the kitchen and yeah. stuff. There's lots of old stories and it'll just be a lot of fun. You know, asset was always fun for us. And, yes. And Don't they being, say too many cooks spoil the broth, though? Well, yeah, you could probably say that. <laughs> but, um, hopefully not for the night. So no, it'll be a lot of fun. We've got a lot of regulars who have booked in coming along. So it'll just be like one big happy family. And oh, that's I'm sure awesome. there's a few people out there that would love to come along as well. Oh, yes, absolutely. So um, where can people get tickets? Um, Lime and Tonic um, on their website. They, we're going through with Lime and Tonic, so you can jump on their website and book. Um, I, I, I think it's about $165 a head. Um, sounds a lot, but like, you know, it's the food and wine, and then most of that will go to Oz Harper's as well. So we're doing it for charity. Yes. It's not a, it's not a money-making thing. It's just really um, a, an asset thing, you know. To, it's a getting, to, the, getting the band back together. Yeah, exactly, for one night. And, <laughs> How beautiful. And, um, you know, and if it goes well, we, we might do another night and even come down to Melbourne. Well, that's, and, that was my another, suggestion. Yeah, don't pretend it's your idea. My idea was very clearly come yeah. to Melbourne and do it, and yeah. I will, you know, I'll, I'll get people in there. Yeah, well, there we go. That sounds too good to oh, I'm very, up, very so. excited about this idea. <laughs> and you know what? I think the fact that you've had, I mean, I saw you do the post on Facebook about it saying, you know, going to be doing this pop-up thing. And um, I... I just kind of smiled to myself watching the response from all your ex-chefs just all over the place. Bing, 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 bing. I can help, mate. I can help, mate. And I thought, you know what? Like I said, it was unbelievable, the response, because I wasn't sure. And, you know, it is a few years old, and some of these guys haven't worked there for a long time. You know, we were there for eight years. So, um, (laughs) you know, the the very first sous chef that worked there, he was the first on the phone and asked me how much much he was going to get paid, and I told him the same as what he got paid when he worked there. That was (laughs) not a lot. (laughs) <laughs> but he's on board, you know, Paid so old Colin Barker, he's a legend. So, Aww. like I said, it's just going to be a really, a lot of fun. Well, honestly, I think it's a testament to you, Warren, because you are such a beautiful, beautiful person. And I, like, I speak to people who have worked with you before and they just love the experience of it. So I think, you know, if you're a nice bloke, things are much more likely to happen for you than if you're a jerk. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's you true. Know? So, no, so, it, is, it is very humbling yeah. And it does make me feel very, um, <laughs> very special as well. So oh, that's so that. good. All right, so just give out the website address one more time. So uh, Limontonic, can... I think it's .com.au. Yep, Limontonic. there and, um, yeah, just follow the, the links and stuff and, and you'll, you'll be away. And what's it called? Um, it's just Asiat Pop-Up. Pop-Up, okay. Yeah. So that's what people will see when they go to Limontonic. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Um, and remember that some of the money goes to Oz Harvest and you'll have an amazing night and Warren will spoil you senseless. It'll be a lot of fun. There's someone's yeah. birthday there on the evening and we're Cute. putting a cake together for them. So if anyone else wants to come along and it's their birthday, let us know. <laughs> I might just we'll pretend it's my birthday. Exactly. I might just come and say yes. I might even my... sing happy birthday myself. Oh, <laughs> you, you had <laughs> me. You, you had me. It might even sing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much, Warren, for chatting to us. And um, let's talk again soon. Absolutely. Thanks. This has been Warren Turnbull, chef from uh, Cherburger in New South Wales, and you're listening to What's Cooking, Macquarie Radio NTS. You're listening to What's Cooking with Nerida Conway.
and you're listening to What's Cooking, Macquarie Radio NTS. I'm Nerida Conway. And all the way over, well, New South Wales way, we're going to find out exactly where you are right this second, I'm speaking to Darren Robertson of the Three Blue Ducks fame. How are you, Darren? Good. That's yeah, good. good Where are you, you exactly going? at the moment? I'm in Brisbane, actually, at the moment. Oh, you're in Brisbane, right. Yeah. Okay. And but what are you doing there? I've just been cooking at various events and, yeah, you know, up to no good. You, you just, <laughs> you travel around cooking so much, don't I, you? I do. You're pulled yeah. from pillar well, to post, really. Well, usually it's, it's, it's mainly between Byron and Sydney, overseeing the restaurants with Marky, and I love it. But I think that's one of the, the many perks of our industry is the fact that you do get to travel all over the world and kind of cook. So give, get, just for our listeners' benefit, tell, tell me a little bit about your journey and how, first of all, how the three blue ducks came into being. Well, I started off in a little seafood restaurant in Deal in the southeast in the, in the UK and learned to cook in some Michelin-style kind of country house hotels around Kent and Sussex. So uh, I got on a plane and, and came out wow. uh, 16 years ago to work for Tetsuya. And he's such a yeah. beautiful gentleman, so isn't he? Amazing, yeah. yeah. It was incredible. And it was during a time where it was an incredible, not that it isn't now, but it was an incredible kitchen. It was, mm. it was there were 20 sous chefs, but it was, you know, Martin Baird, Dan Puskas, Dan Hong, mm. Pepperall, Lou Powell. I mean, all the, basically these guys are sort, of, are sort of, you know, now doing what I consider some of the most exciting foods, mm. you know, certainly in Sydney. So it was, it, was a, it was a really special time. So I stayed there for, um, for eight years, mm. and then um, I left as head chef. Then that was it. I started a little business called Table Sessions, and I was doing pop-up restaurants. Mm. And it was just kind of before every man and his dog were doing pop-up. Yes, yeah. <laughs> pop-up but, was, um, wasn't even a thing when you were doing it. No, I, I, I kind of read about someone doing it in, in Hong Kong, like mm. one person you know, inviting people around their house and, and doing a pop-up. Mm. Like, oh, it sounds really cool. Mm. So I started doing it in you know, flower shops and bookstores and art galleries and all sorts of things. So I did that for about a year as well and then collaborated with other chefs and we, we formed toys. And then I, I ended up doing a pop-up with a friend of mine in a little cafe, which was the Three Blue Duck, and mm. that was Mark. And, it, and, and yeah, just something just clicked. And we had so much fun. We just used to do breakfast there and then we, we were doing kind of, we did like this tasting menu and, and people kind of were into it. Mm. So and that was it. And so Mark kind of said, you know, do I come and hang out? And, and that was it, and I did. How did you get the name Three Blue Ducks? <laughs> the original three came up with that name because there were three of them. Yeah. You know, it's just a kind of fun name. But it's a, it's a location down the beach where the old generation, like mm. the guys that are in their sort of now in their 70s and 80s, they used to say to their friends or their female friends, come down to the, the gully and there's three blue ducks down there. And then it was basically like a code for, you know, come down and we'll, we'll kind of... Hilarious. You know, have yeah. any of them come in and mentioned that to you? Yeah, there's, there's you know, it's, it's pretty old school. Yeah, dealers, yeah. You know, wink, um, wink. And, and there are, there have been some people that and just kind of come and they just like, you know, chuckle. And, yes. Like, like, that's yeah, yeah. There's actually a place of fiction. Yeah, it's a place that doesn't really Yeah, exist, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, and so now, tell us about Byron Bay. So Three Blue Ducks is essentially, for those that don't know, which is most people, it's a little cafe, restaurant in Bronte. We were there for, it's um, stunning. for five years. Mm. And then we were given the opportunity to open a, a, a ducks on a, on a farm. So Which makes sense. Did. Well, that was the idea, to be honest. We've got this tiny little kitchen garden at the back in, yeah. in Bronte. And we, we really took a bit of an interest in, you know, like most chefs right now, thankfully, about, you know, where food's grown and how it's grown and mm. seasonality and, and all that caper. And so we kind of fantasised about one day owning our own farm. But because we're all broke, we, <laughs> um, you know, we just wanted to happen. And then... Yeah, then um, a gentleman came down and said, I've got this farm, I, I want to have a working restaurant on it, and, you know, a florist and a bakehouse. So wow. that was it. So we all kind of got on a plane. 
But in about four or five months, we'd pretty much all moved house and because and, um, it was such Gosh. a huge project. And also, let's face it, Byron Bay. And it was Byron. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you're moving to Frankston <laughs> or Penrith. Because well, we there's five of us, so we all surf. You know, Byron is Not that there's anything wrong anyway. with Penrith or Frankston. I'm just saying you can't <laughs> no, really compare to Byron Bay, can you? But no, it's not Mars. No. No. It's Byron Bay. Yes. Um, so that was it. So we opened the farm um, quite a year and a half ago. And it was, yeah, it's huge. There's 86 acres. There's, you know, there's cattle, Gosh. pigs, uh, 600-something chickens, 12 acres of um, fruits and veggies. Wow. And, yeah, and then there's independent businesses on that farm. So, we're obviously, we're the restaurant and the bar mm, and the cafe. Nice. And there's a florist. Like a co-op yeah, sort so, of thing. Yeah, I suppose so, yeah. So, yeah, and, yeah. Um, and so we deal with, with like the farmers on a day-to-day basis. Mm. They, you know, let us know what's coming up, what's, what's going into the ground. It's been, you know, really like a huge, you know, we're not without its problems. Like there's lots and lots of moving parts, mm. just trying to make the whole thing financially sustainable for yeah. everyone. Yes, absolutely. And, um, but it's been really well received. So, yeah, we got kind of best regional restaurant in the first year, which was yes. lovely. So and wonderful. And how far away is it from the main drag in Byron? Um, not far enough. <laughs> like depending on the on the traffic, yeah. it, you know, you get to town in ten minutes. Oh wow, that's awesome! You, you know, mm. So it's fairly central, and it's in a, it's in a you know it's an incredible um, location. Yeah, right. Um, oh my gosh, how exciting! Is it on the way cool, to Broken yeah, I mean, Head? Is it that sort of direction? Well, it's in Ewingsdale. So right. Okay. If you come out of yeah, Ireland, yeah. Ewingsdale, and then you, you know all the other little. Um, towns now are just blowing up. Yes. Mullen, Mindy, yes. Brunswick. So now you've got the fleet guys are at Brunswick. Yeah. Um, New Brighton. There's farmers markets. There. Like the farmers market seems so strong. Yes. And um, yeah, it's, it's it's an exciting time. I mean, to be honest, there's guys up there for years doing incredible food anyway. With, you know, the Shannon Debrasini had Satiate. That was a happy restaurant. Of course, there's Harvest. Yeah. Milk and Honey, probably the best pizzas I've had in my life. Oh my gosh. So there's there's all this. It's, you know, it's, it's a bit of a food hub anyway. But yeah. It just seems to be, at the moment, it's just, yeah, there's some really exciting things happening. So it's it's been amazing. It's been great to, to sort of work there. But then uh, a few months ago, to whole, um, we opened another place in, in Rosebury in Sydney. So, because uh, I, I, re- I, I actually really like the city as well. Like, I, I love Melbourne. You know, I love Sydney and Brisbane. Whatever. We know you don't, because you're not here, ever. <laughs> I do. I mean, Byron's brilliant, but, it, you know, you, you kind of, we're so sport for choice in mm. the cities. And, uh, you know, there's a dozen or so places where, you know, incredible in Byron. But, you know, we even though I've got family, we love to eat out a lot. Mm. So whereas, you know, if you're in Sydney, you just roll out of bed and you've got a gazillion yes. new places. At yes. and you've got the iconic places. Mm. And, you know, and a lot of my friends are there as well. You yes. know, a lot of the kind of chef, um, you know, I've made some lifelong friendships there. So, um mm. Yeah, no, I genuinely do like the cities. <laughs> well, I just, you need to let me know, please, when you do come to Melbourne to do something because we'll plug it and we'll, okay. um, you know, we'll be, you know, Sorry, giving did I say it. Melbourne? No, I didn't mean Melbourne. I just meant Brisbane and Sydney. No, no. <laughs> I, I fully know what you meant. We're feeling a bit rejected here down the bottom. But, uh, got, Melbourne has just got, Melbourne's a cool this city it in is. Australia. And I, they, you know that. Like I won't argue with you there. However, we like so to have the on. best of everything. So, okay. <laughs> anyway, Darren, it has been so beautiful to chat to you. And please um, keep us in touch with all the different things that you've got coming up because we'd love to share it with our listeners. Thank you.
great to chat. Thank, thank you so much. This has been All Darren right. Robertson. See you later. Thanks, Darren, for joining us. It's Chef Darren Robertson. You're listening to What's Cooking, Macquarie Radio, NTS. What's new with Nerida Conway? And thanks for listening to What's Cooking, Macquarie Radio, NTS. In the studio with me now is Owen Scungio. How are you, Owen? I'm very good, thanks, Nerida. That's good. Thanks for having us. Oh, look. You are welcome anytime, especially if you're going to bring in these delicious smelling sliders. Now, our listeners can't smell, obviously, Mm -hmm. but I'm looking at four absolutely mouth-watering sliders and you have a business called Sliders on Tyres. Yes, that's correct. These are our big sellers. It's like a little classic cheeseburger that we've Hmm. got in in front of you there. Um, That's like fresh ground meat. Uh, We've got our, our special burger sauce, dill pickles, some smoked cheddar and some steamed onions on that. We've also got a nice little chicken slider with a, it's a slow braised chicken, a little housemate hot sauce, Mm. white barbecue sauce, which people aren't really familiar with in Australia. It's a Southern American thing. Oh, nice. Yep. And we've also got our our Fishman slider, which we sell plenty of these over the summer periods. It's great for the warmer weather and it has a a nice tender piece of calamari with a nice spice (gasps) mix on it. Uh, How awesome. Yeah, flash fried and uh, lemon and dill mayo. Yum, they're so gourmet. Yeah. So how did you, because you were one of the first um, food truck, I guess, you know, before they were a thing. I, I, I come from a chef background, so always been in restaurants and, and I actually love the industry and I noticed that food trucks in, in the States were Cute. starting, yeah, they were, they were growing in popularity. Yeah. And I just saw that and I was like, yeah, I've, I've got to bring that to Australia. So it was it was a really clear decision at, at that point. So mm. I think there was around, you know, 10 trucks on, on the road at that at yeah. that time. Yeah. And yeah, we just, was, let's let's do it. We just went in there and built the trucks. And, and, away you're, we went. Wow, and you're sticking to your knitting. So you're doing sliders and that's yeah, what you do well. Correct. I it's think not like that, you're doing seven different things. Yeah, that, that's so true. Like mm. uh, initially it was like keep it keep it simple. Uh, we used to run with uh, polenta chips and mm. arancini and, we, and then we found at these larger events you could be serving up to 500 people. Wow. So it was a really, it was a game changer and going from a restaurant background where you might do 50 to 60 yes. covers. Yes. You have these ideas of doing multiple things in the truck and, and from a list, logistics point, of you, it doesn't really work. Yeah. You just, you find that, you know, simpler the menu, the better, and that way you can concentrate on getting the quality out and the consistency. So whereabouts can people find your truck? So we, pretty much the great thing about the industry is we can be doing corporate gigs on a Monday to Thursday in one part of the city. So people can hire you for private functions. Yeah, correct. Wow. So we... Do you pop out of a cake and sing (laughs) all that just for a bit of extra... Money's yeah, worth. We can do that. We can do that. <laughs> Everything has a price. We do that. Good, good yeah. answer. Yeah, and um, and then we also you'll find us in places like food truck parks, which are a big thing at yes. the moment. Like there's some the Thornbury one. Yeah, that's yep. a great, great, a great one. And also, see, I the, haven't seen you there. Yeah, right. I've only been there once. Well, that that may, <laughs> I think they have on their on their on the roster would have to be around fifty trucks. Yeah. On a, well, that's right, and yeah. and I have to say, and I'm not just saying this because you're here. Very disappointed with yeah. the ones that I experienced. Yeah, that's, the food wasn't nice. That's really good feedback, mm. and I think from our end, we 
for example, we get plenty of bookings come through our, our mm. email and, and sometimes... They weren't up, anything like this, let's yeah, just say. Yeah, and no. that's... And, you know, we could have five bookings, up to five bookings a week. Mm. Uh, sorry, five bookings a day. Mm. And um, and we like to recommend the trucks that we think is great because there is, there is obviously some trucks out there that mm. aren't really producing the best quality yep. food, but yep. there also is a... It's, it's similar to the restaurant game. Yeah, yeah. You know, but how do we know? That's a really, really good point you raised. Yeah. So yeah. we know... We can sort of look online and... and and read people's reviews yep. about restaurants. We can get the Age Good Food Guide. We can, you know, do all these different things yep. to find out about restaurants and word of mouth. But with the trucks, how do we know, well, you're a bit of a dud and also overpriced and, you know, and not yeah. very nice, whereas you, you're awesome? Yeah, well, that's that's a great question because the industry being so new, there's no real rating mm. system for trucks. Mm. and. Oh, we, we should start one. I, I definitely think it needs to happen. Mm. You know, it's something that I would I would love to do. At the mm. moment, there's a lot of oh, that truck looks cool. Yes. let's put that in, there. and then people try this and this truck, and they're they're disappointed. Yeah, so right. I think there needs to be a, an official rating system, and I think that will come with time. Yeah. And but we rely off word of mouth. Like yes. old, old fashioned word of mouth really goes a long way. Yeah. Um, How do you let people know where you're going to be? If it's oh, just a, on Facebook, right. so it's, it's a massive. It's a massive. Um, I suppose. We rely on our social media. For you, yeah. yeah. So social media is a big thing. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. Okay. Especially reviews, you know, once again, word of mouth, like people will rate you on Facebook. They're, they're not shy to say they had oh, a, no. a crappy meal on Facebook. <laughs> or, so how much are two sliders? All right. So we- Or are they we, each? We, they we charge $6 each. So that's as you good. can see, they're, they're, pretty, they're pretty good size for $6. Yeah, they are. Um, we also have a combo with any choice of two sliders and you get a side of chips, rustic hand cut chips with that as well. So- that's and that's very popular. Yeah. We we can serve up to a thousand of these at an at an event. Oh my event. lord! Yeah. So it's crazy. Wow! So you almost need to get a second truck. We've got we actually have two on the road now. So oh, okay, we, you almost need to get a third truck. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's funny you say that. I think our next step for the business will be going into bricks and mortar. Okay. So you know we we have we've had the trucks the trucks are out on the road and the products getting out there mm. and, and so for us we'd like to get into a little shop and offer a different mm. experience as well. So yeah, right. Yeah, that'd be the next that'd be the next step. Oh wow, that's exciting! And you're a Mount Gambier boy. Yep. So how did Melbourne be so lucky as to score you? Well, I think coming from Mount Gambier, the the food scene wasn't the strongest when mm. I was going through my apprenticeship. Yeah. Um, and so I took the first step into got a nice blue lake though. It's lovely. It's <laughs> gl- that's it's glad you say that. Not many people know about that. Oh, I Any- love it. It's got to be a. Thing you've got to see at some Especially point. Especially in summer. You have to hit it at the yeah. right time of the year, but um, it's pretty breathtaking. It is. Yeah. Uh, I started there and then literally saw all the good restaurants are happening in Melbourne. Mm. Um, I moved up here to start working at Voodamon. Worked oh. at, around the 2000, I think it was 2006 period Gosh, there. okay. Worked with Shannon there for, for two years. Okay. And that was a great experience. So that's sort of got me into Melbourne. And mm. from, then, from there, I just stayed on. And good, good basic training. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a good place to it's a good place to start, and yeah, yeah you pick up a lot of stuff. Obviously, working yeah. with someone like Shannon, so yeah. Oh gosh, and what about your produce? Where does that come from? So we just we just try to keep it pretty local. Like mm. so, a lot of our stuff comes from. Uh, we'll get the vegetables from the markets. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll also get it, our meat just comes locally, locally sourced, just a, just a grass fed beef, mm. um, and yeah, it's it's. 
it's once again, it's just about the freshness. And you where know, do you do all sure. your prep? Because I, I don't it's, imagine that you would be doing them in the truck. No, that's <laughs> that's most people think the the overheads are pretty low on a truck, oh. but we actually have to. We we have a, a warehouse in Footscray. Yeah, so right. So it's like our depot, and we have our two trucks there, and we've got a. Um, you load them up, sort of thing. Yeah, it's yeah. where we keep all our stuff. So obviously, a bit of the prep happens in the truck on the day, mm. but we have to store the truck somewhere. So that's yeah. where we do. do and then if you run out, can you? radio somebody to shuttle you some more Not really. supplies? That's the that's the yeah, that's when it gets a little bit tricky. Yeah. We, you have to make sure you pack enough in the truck to yeah. get you through a busy event and you just yeah. never know how busy you're going to be. So That's right. I, I remember our one of our first first events, we were doing a New Year's Eve celebration at the MCG yeah. for, for the city of Melbourne and we literally opened the door and I saw people rushing towards the truck and there would have been a lineup of maybe about seventy to hundred people. Wow. At that point. Oh, I would and have been crying and rocking in the corner. <laughs> I, I was close. I was definitely close. We at the at the point we had two. We had it was me and another a chef oh. mate of mine, and we thought, let's give this a crack. And we didn't expect this, and it, the line didn't stop. People just kept lining up. Oh, did you and run out? Up. And yeah, we end up. I had to end up. I ran out the truck and actually said to people, just literally stop lining up. You know, wow. and it, it was, it was almost exciting but embarrassing all at the same time. Yeah, but, no, no, no. I reckon mm. just creates that. Yeah. Damn, I missed out. Yeah, it does. It creates, I suppose, the scarcity. Yes. The scarcity of it. That's but, right. I love yeah. that. But you know, and that then, was a, and same same goes for wastage too. So yeah. if you stock up your truck and then five people turn up, yeah, correct. You know, you've got all that food to kind of go exactly. to waste. Exactly. It, it it really is hard to sort of you know obviously with, that's the thing with the hospitality game. Mm. If you had a crystal ball, you'd be a millionaire. Yes. Really, like it's let's it's invent hard to, that. Yeah, crystal ball. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can I have a bite? I've just been sitting here smelling. Yeah. Them. I know. Yeah, that, sure. I know that you were saying they've gone a little bit cold. Because yeah, that's I've right. Made you wait so long. That's right. But. As a mother of three, I'm used to eating cold stuff. Yeah. It's, you know, you that's, don't get a chance right. to eat. Yeah, they eat first and then... That's yeah. right. And you kind of eat... Yeah. Oh. So, so that's our cheeseburger. I love a pickle in yes. a cheeseburger. Yeah. I can never understand how people take the pickles out of burgers and throw them on the roof or I know, throw I know. them in the bin. I think, um, I think you know, that's a big thing. You know, it depends on what pickle. Like, mm. pickles have really evolved these oh days. Oh, my goodness. That is so mouth-watering. Oh, wow. Thanks. Oh, my gosh. Okay, you're my new favourite food truck in the world. Yeah, you get to come and see us when that gets cooked. I fresh will. And Give us out your website address. Yeah, so it's www.slidersontires.com. Um, on there, you'll find pictures, and obviously, you can find some links to our locations. As Great, well. and Facebook as well. Sliders Facebook. on tires. Get amongst it, people. You need to experience some of these sliders. They are delicious. Oh, and thank you so much for coming in. Thank you, Nerida. Thanks for having me. It's been a delight chatting to you. You And um, you're listening to What's Cooking, Macquarie Radio NTS. Delicious inside and out with naturopath Karina Francois. Thanks for listening to What's Cooking on Macquarie Radio NTS. I'm Nerida Conway. I'm joined in the studio by Karina Francois, who's a naturopath. And Karina is going to be coming on our show uh, every month to talk about things to do with things health, really. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> See, I'm already so excited. I'm already <laughs> racing off. My, my thing is that in my line of work, and I know that our listeners obviously are foodies, and, and so much changes with the seasons, not only just in terms of what we eat. I mean, we eat differently in summer to how we eat in winter. We eat different things as they come into season. Um, certainly coming in from here on in, I started, kicked off the night last night with um, 
you know, <laughs> a rather big awards night in the hospitality industry that I went to. And um, as I was explaining to you earlier, the magical Tattinger fairies just kept filling up my glass. <laughs> uh, so we do overindulge. Yes. And, um, and then, of course, there are things that happen like weather changes and we feel Absolutely. run down. I love in your book especially, I love the fact that you just, you know, you talk about how we can sort of eat and drink our way to health. Yes. Somewhat. <laughs> what I wanted to talk to you today yes. about, well, it's spring. It is. And it, they're saying, I say they, the magical weather wizards, are saying that it's going to be one of the worst hay fever seasons of all time. This is in Victoria, I mean. I'm not sure about the other states. They probably are going to have a similar thing. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, once it then rains like crazy, I think all the, you know, pollen, pollen and everything's you know, spores. So uh, my son is asthmatic and um, he's allergic to grasses, which trigger off his asthma. Mm -hmm. But, you know, even just, uh, in fact, the general manager of the network here was telling me that, you know, he's so allergic with grasses and things that he just, his eyes just are red and puffy and crying nonstop pretty much throughout the whole spring. It's a miserable way to live. It is, it is. But there's lots we can do. Is there? And that's the exciting part that nature does provide lots of things that we can use to reduce our symptoms and also help improve our immune system for that time. So we don't really always have to reach out for medication. We can use some natural products and incorporate them into our diet. Okay. Um, And the whole idea is to source out foods that are really high in vitamin C okay? Um, because vitamin C is anti-inflammatory and it's also antihistamine. Right. So I straight away think of oranges. Is that the yeah, best? Yeah, oranges is good, but um, I would probably go more uh, probably kiwi fruits and strawberries and things like that. Um, so things that are high in vitamin C are really, really good for uh, histamine, which is generally um, what the body releases and mm. that's what creates our symptoms. So um, also looking at food, Foods that have got high vitamin A, like leafy greens, mm. very important because they're anti-inflammatory in the body. Okay. And uh, one of my favourites, of course, is bromelain, which is a property found in pineapples. Oh. <laughs> is that what makes your tongue go... My yes. tongue gets a bit burny and yeah, weird when I eat pineapples. Yeah, it can be. It can actually um, affect some people. But yeah. um, in general, there's like a, a natural enzyme in, mm. in pineapple, which is called bromelain. And it's, it's quite soothing and anti-inflammatory. Wow, to the gut that's as good well. What about um, cantaloupe? Well, cantaloupe's got high vitamin C in it, so okay. I suppose you can use things like that. Okay. The other, the other interesting component are, of course, um, probiotics. Okay, uh, because they help with immune function, and most of us know that your immune system starts in your gut, so you really mm. need to make sure your well, gut I didn't flora. Know that actually. <laughs> oh, okay, no, you didn't know that. No. <laughs> so the first point of contact between the environment and the body yeah. is is your mouth, so it's your stomach, ah. and you need to ensure that your gut flora is is well balanced and see I always thought those probiotic thingies were just a money spinner for chemists well what I was going to suggest is because I love using food as medicine is yes. to actually have like natural pickles um, oh. as your probiotic so a teaspoon of day um, of natural pickles or introducing like 15 mils of, of apple cider vinegar is probably oh, a better way this. Yeah. apple cider vinegar yeah it's a better way oh, <laughs> so, so rather my... than popping tablets um, and vitamins and so on you can mm. actually bring in some good probiotics and enzymes
enzymes through your food. Really? Um, so is yogurt that as well? Um, yogurt? yogurt I wouldn't recommend for um, for hay fever season because of the dairy ah. in it. But things like kombucha and and those sorts of yeah, like sauerkraut, mm. those sorts of things. All you need is a teaspoon a day or fifteen mils of apple cider vinegar, and that helps That's maintain amazing. your gut flora. So well, my nana I reckon yes. used to go through gallons. Because she would have that every day. Yep. And then also she'd rinse her hair with it occasionally and she'd put it in the wash with yeah, the clothes. Yeah, it's fantastic stuff. <laughs> it is really, really good and it's stuff. cheap. My grandmother taught me a recipe um, for hay fever mm-hmm. many, many years ago using um, ginger. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got to think about it now. Ginger, garlic, manuka honey. And lemon, okay. and it's I call it my um, asthma and hay fever elixir. Right. And can you put put it through chicken and veggie stir fry? <laughs> you can like do it. that, <laughs> but you you make it like make <clears throat> it in a pot. It's okay. really easy to do. So you put um, a whole bit of garlic, mm-hmm. you peel it obviously into a pot mm-hmm. with some ginger, mm-hmm. um, and you. Um, fill the pot up with water, so Mm -hmm. about 500 mils of water, and then you reduce it to half. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you strain it Mm -hmm. and you add manuka honey and lemon and you have a little shot, like a 15 mil shot Mm. every day of that as like a... As a tonic. maintenance, yeah, like a tonic, like mm. an elixir. It's, it's fantastic. So you can use those sorts of things and incorporate mm. them into your, you know, everyday thing during hay fever season. And they're a really good, like, immune shot as mm. well. And it tastes really nice because of um, the honey and the ginger. You can feel it uh, burning the viruses nice. in your throat when you have it. So oh, I love it. it's a really good um, thing to, to make at home. And if you want a juice, you can also do that. Um, and there's a juice that I always recommend during hay fever season, and that incorporates um, half a lemon, mm-hmm. an apple, mm-hmm. a piece of pineapple, and a little bit of ginger. And you have, yeah, it tastes really, really nice, and you have to make it every morning and have it every day. And again, it has immune properties, anti-inflammatory properties. Mm. It helps soothe the mucous membrane so you don't overreact to pollen so much. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and it, it's really yummy. So... Like I said, you don't have to, you know, go on lots and lots of vitamins and minerals. You can just introduce them through your diet mm. and you just have to, you know, have a, a good juicer and, and off you go. So, yeah. All right. Now, say, for example, that yes. we haven't done this, so we haven't done preventative. Yes. And all of a sudden, and I'm thinking of, you know, the general manager here, uh, all of a sudden we find ourselves with runny, itchy, crazy eyes and itchy throat. Mm-hmm. Is there anything we can gargle or pour in our eyes or... I mean, my nana was always a salt water person. Yeah. So yeah. she would do a gargle of salt water and, and even put it into stinging eyes, which wasn't your friend. <laughs> but on it any works. Level. It works. <laughs> yeah, okay. So yeah. what would what, what, what um, we do in that for situation? A, for the throat, I always use ginger. Right. So you just get a little bit of teaspoon of ginger and you put a bit of hot water in it yep. and you, um, you pound it down and then you just drink the water and you can feel it soothe the throat and burn, like I said, burn yeah, right. the itchiness. For the eyes... Um, Interesting one, potatoes. Oh. So you can peel a potato, um, put it in some water and then pop it on your eyes and that gets rid of the itchiness in the eyes. I know I don't know how, how that would look in an <laughs> office, but everyone putting <laughs> potatoes on their eyes. But it does really work. It's really astringent and it, it does dry up the eyes. So, Gosh, yeah, that's a brilliant There's lots tip. we can do with food. It's really exciting. Okay, Stephen, that tip's for you. <laughs> I want to see Mr Potato eyes <laughs> in the office. Okay, and um, finally, yes. just give me uh, some, some – obviously coming into spring brings different – things into season. 
What are you going to love through spring that's just coming into season now, fruit and veggies-wise? Because um, I'm excited about asparagus. Yes. <laughs> well, asparagus is definitely coming in. And that's that's actually a really good tonic for the kidneys. Oh. So it's a, a really good cleanser. It's a really good um, tonic for the kidneys. So definitely um, asparagus. Um I love food, so I can't really pick one. <laughs> so um, it's really exciting. Everything's growing. Mm. Um, so just make up lots of salads. and Yes, you know, yes. We're starting to go lighter with our food. Well, that's right. And that's we're, we're, our blood's going to thin out a little bit mm. now. So, yeah, it's about introducing everything that grows above the ground. And go for it. Yes. Okay. What about potatoes? Potatoes. You can have potatoes. Besides, just on Mars. Just don't have them fried. <laughs> oh, you seriously? You just get me in my Achilles every time. <laughs> Karina, it's been so beautiful. Can Thank you please you. come back very soon? Because yes. I've already got a list of topics from our listeners that Absolutely. that we need answers to. Yep. I'd love to to be back. Thank (laughs) you. It's so beautiful chatting to you. This has been Karina Francois, who's a gorgeous naturopath. Just very quickly, how do we find you? We're at Infinite Health Practice in Beaconsfield, infinitehealthpractice.com.au. Excellent. And you can get in touch with Karina or get in touch with us through whatscooking.com.au. You're listening to What's Cooking Macquarie Radio, NTS. Curly Questions with Nerida Conway and Chef Ian Curley. And you're listening to What's Cooking, Macquarie Radio, NTS. Hello, Ian. Hello, Nora. <laughs> <laughs> We're both a little, shall we say, subdued. Yeah. I, today. I must say, last night was the first night. This, for those who are listening, it was the, it was the night of the Good Food Guide, the Melbourne Good Food Guide. It's like the Academy Awards yeah, for the food uh, industry. And, uh, you know, and there's a lot of people there. Who are, uh, quite surprisingly, I was surprised that they asked for black tie and, mm. and how many people actually did get dressed up, which so is quite many, a good thing. Yes. A lot of people had it for their court Didn't recognise some obviously. of these yeah, chefs right. in, in tuxes. Well, most chefs are all car thieves anyway, <laughs> from broad matters, but they um, would end up uh, looking like that, so... Good. Okay. Well, I didn't see you there last night, probably no. because I was, you know, I had my uh, car restaurant high heels on. Oh, fantastic. Which means yeah. I can literally only walk from yeah. the car okay. to this thing and then I sit down. Absolutely. And that's it. There's no, no wandering around. No, nor should you. No. Yeah. And I had a long you dress on. should have been on. carried in. <laughs> I should have been. Yeah. And, <laughs> you cracked me up. And, uh, I should have been. And also then I had a very long dress mm. on. And so, you know, there's spiky heel yeah. can get in the back of a yeah. dress. I know you That's don't right. understand yeah, what this I, is I, like. I, I get it. But the, uh, yeah, and after but, endless champagne. Mm, yeah, well, that's it. And we were sitting there in the middle and I was thinking, okay, uh, I just, I couldn't, you know, you always think to yourself, okay, I'm, I'm worthy of the so-called hats. Yeah. But then you think. We're just going to tell our listeners, back it up, back it up. Okay. So Ian Curley from the European, mm. the European won a hat, yeah. maintained its hat, I should yeah, say. Yeah, maintained. And French Saloon, which only just opened. Yeah, seven months seven ago. Seven months ago, has yeah. got a hat too. That's right. It's and, exciting. And whilst we always think that we're worthy of it, you almost, until you actually see it, mm. and of course the last one that gets called out for the one hat is yeah. French Saloon, and yeah. then I was like. Were you surprised or are you expecting it because of the standard? Uh, no, I'm surprised. But there is good standard this year. Yeah. Like I look at it and, and you look at the people who have lost the hat and you think, okay, mm. all right. But that you always come, this is the problem with the hospitality industry. We'll look at it and go, yeah, but I'm better than that. And, mm. and you look at other people and you kind of think to yourself, I don't know if other industries look at it and go, like mm. other industries look at it from a profit and loss yes. point of view. They'll say, 
we run our business this way. Yes, like, for example, the, the money, do Apple yeah, turn around right. and, and all that. But for us, it's like, oh, my tomato that I stuff is better than that yes. tomato that I had. At, and also, uh, your, your service staff are amazing or they're not. And so that can affect your rating as well. Absolutely. You're right, without a, yeah, that's a really yeah. good point. So, uh, you know, anyway, but we're very, very happy and proud and, you know, and as I said to everybody, it's great. Everybody can high-five each other, but now we, the game is now to keep it for next year. Well, I think it's really great. It seems to me that it's great for staff morale because it's like a little pat on the back. Mm. But I also have to say I love what you said to your head chef last night when he was worried. You know, not worried, but he was like, oh, do you think we're going to get one? Because, of course, that reflects his job and he's wanting to impress you and he's wanting to keep his job. Um, It's obviously better for him. Um, And there's obviously a very real chance that you won't get one. But I love what you said. Can you tell our listeners? In the same regard, that's that's what I said. You can't worry about it because if if it is the uh, if that is the situation where you do lose it, then it gives you the opportunity to change things and go. Okay, that's it. The thing with the European, it's a really big beast, and it's a machine because it's open essentially twenty four hours a day. So to to change one little thing, you've got to change five or six other things. I'll give the example for example. We use the croque monsieur, which is the toasted ham and cheese sandwich. Oh, so stop. we have that for so breakfast, <laughs> on for supper, and it'll be on in Siglo, Supper Club, the mm-hmm. whole thing. So to take that off, there will be lots of people who probably say, no, no, we don't want that to be taken off because yeah. people identify your restaurant with it. However, it's not cool and trendy. It's not but a race. But croque monsieur always be cool and trendy because it's a little bit French? Well, that's right. But also, yeah. And I it's mean, cheese. It's, it's a fancy <laughs> cheese sandwich. But also... <laughs> To, to present it, and also we have it for breakfast, and we mm. sell six or seven hundred a week, so it com- becomes commercial, but it's not trendy. And at the moment, uh. lots of restaurants, you've got to be on trend. Yeah, well, you know. well, what is on trend for breakfasts at the moment? Oh, well, everything's smashed avocado, and anything gluten or mm. quinoa and all that sort of stuff, which yeah, is I'm fine. Yeah, I'm not sure I want quinoa for breakfast. No. And also, there's a whole new eating out. The way you don't have the entree main dessert anymore, it's lots of mm. sharing things if you're out, yeah, with, you know. So that's true. Everything's shifting. I'm not sharing my eggs Benedict with anyone, though. No, that's, that's an interesting point. Nobody mm, does that. No. I think it's because if there's a lot of mess. I yes. think if there's lots of mess, people uh, don't like sharing. No, and, I, okay? and just some things. And rightly so. I just don't need to share. You know? When I first started going out with Simone, we'd go out for dinner, and she's obviously... She, she started eating salads when we first met, and I'm like, "What do you want to order?" She goes, "I'll have the salad." I well, said, "That's why she's so gorgeous." Yeah, but you're thin. not. I said, "Just so you know, you don't get to share." Well, well, she looked at me. So you had something yummy. Yeah, absolutely. And she's like, "I said, this is what I do for a job." I said, "This is it. This is the size that I am because I." This you is what enjoy I do for food job. and you live. If you, want, I say, if yeah. you want to order salad, more power to you. <laughs> but you're not having any of my calamari. And did she say? Oh, you had me at you can't have my calamari. Uh, there was there was another comment that she, uh, she comment that she thought okay he might be the one but I'll, it's another story for another day. <laughs> no, I agree. Sharing food is a funny thing. I mean, I obviously growing up in Hong Kong didn't really know any other way because no. every yeah. meal is in the middle of the table yeah. a la yum cha yeah. style and, <laughs> you know, that's the way they... And, in fact, um, in Hong Kong, and, and I only realised this and learned this when I came to live in Australia and started doing it and people were horrified, but they put the plate of noodles in front of you sure. and I would use my chopsticks that had been in my mouth yeah. and serve somebody else's plate. Yeah, sure. And not even think about it. Yeah. And it's amazing how many people recoiled. Uh. And like, oh, that's so unhygienic. And I oh, thought, well, people, but you kiss though. Like, well, 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 there you go. 
wouldn't have kissed everyone at the table, but no. You know, it's just to me, it was just so strange. Um, and there's a thing about you know, every you have your cutlery, I have my cutlery, and you know, and and the sharing thing. Yeah. But I I always sort of say I make it clear from the get go. What do you want? And then I base on what I'm going to order based yeah. on what you've ordered. Okay. Yeah, and then absolutely. we're going to go. <laughs> we're yeah. going to do half and half. Someone will say I'm going to have the fish. I'll say okay, good. And then by the time I go to order the duck, she'll go. I'll have the duck. I'm like. <laughs> Well, we just discussed this. Is that your rule that you can't order the same thing? Yeah. Yeah, because what if one's a dud? Well, I want to. Very rarely do I get to go out like two or three times a week. So what I would do is I would go in and, and I want to see what sort of dishes are on that menu and yeah. say, okay, all right, okay, I get it. And you can pretty, normally pick up on somebody's style yeah. by looking at a couple of different dishes. Yeah, right. That's yeah. Cool. yeah, 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 okay. All right. Um, right let's have a question. Come on. Right. I'm ready. I'm ready and primed. You're ready and primed for your questions. Right. So this one actually is, I love this question. Um, Ian Curley, I have eaten out at Black Caviar Room. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Mm. races. Out of the races. Absolutely love your work. Fantastic. What's going to be featuring on your menus out there this spring carnival? Wow. That's a good one. I should Mm. actually find out who that is and Mm. look after them. Um, Mm. Because I'm a consultant for Melbourne Racing Club and I look after the Black Caviar Room out there at um, at Caulfield, um, it's a uh, over the spring racing carnival. We have five or six courses. Yep. It's all high end um, stuff. It, you can't really say yet, I can't, can you? Well, I, I can't. I can say what sort of food we're doing. We've yeah. had some special oyster plates done, yeah. and we're going to do an assiette of oysters every every race day. Oh. But uh, we are. I'm taking it up a notch this year okay. because it's going to be. Um, it's going to be a good year. So, okay. and and the prices have gone up. So the food standard has gone up to match it. Well, this is a question from me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if it was legal to eat horse, yes, in our country, Absolutely. which it is in Europe, Absolutely. would horse you would. eat? Would mm-hmm. you serve it up Absolutely. at the races? Oh no, no! <laughs> I was going to say I jumped in then, didn't I? Um, I could. I don't think they would let me. I don't think at the races they would let me do you could it. Call it like the Farlap Burger. No, you. No, they wouldn't let me. No, they would turn around and say no. <laughs> it'd be probably hated. a bit too. Um, yeah, because they're so into. Too close. It'd be so into the horses and stuff like that and the care and the, and the mindfulness of them. They and yet, would be. Can I just say, I'd had a, fun, a finger food function once at the aquarium. And you had fish. Uh, yes, yeah, definitely. And thing. we had fish. Yeah, it's different. And thing. it was a little strange eating Dory and watching yeah. Dory. Yeah, well, that's it. But I would, uh, yeah, no, I don't think they would let me. I mean, I've, I've actually eaten horse in Europe okay. and actually I have eaten it in Australia as well. Oh. My. Um, What's it like? Uh, it's, it's good. It's good. <laughs> is it like duck, sort of? No, it's... Or no. kangaroos? I can't, you can't and... describe it. Right. It's more it's more like a leaner beef. Right. Anyway. Okay. But anyway, so... But I would I would have no hesitation on being and using it somewhere else, but it would be... No, it wouldn't be... It would have been the wrong place mm. to do it. Have it Did you, you know, see the, the shanks last night? Yes, the beef. Yeah, They good. looked like dinosaur shanks. Yeah, they were it good the fun. the biggest shank I've I ever seen. I thought the seen. food last night was great. It was really yummy. The way that they did it, and uh, you know, could have been hotter, but you know what? To serve that crowd. Absolutely. Hard, hard yeah. work to serve all yeah. the top chefs in the country. Yeah. Well, in Melbourne. I said yeah. the country. <laughs> I said there's, there is no other, anything outside of Melbourne. Yeah. Okay, well, we didn't get through all our questions. We'll have to keep them for next week. Next Tuesday. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming in. This has been Ian Curley, chef at the European, Kirk's Wine Bar and French Saloon. Hat winner extraordinaire. You're listening to What's Cooking, Macquarie Radio, NTS.